Thank you, Brother Greg, for doing a wonderful job and picking those songs and leading us in those songs this morning. So good to see all of you once again. Please take out your Bible this morning. Go back to Galatians, to Galatians chapter 6. Please go ahead and turn there in your Bible. Get, get parked right there. We're going to be studying the Word of God in that text. I want to begin this second lesson this morning from the Word of God by putting a word on the slide behind me, and I just want to see what you think about it, okay? It's this word right here. It's the word, the word isolation. Isolation. This is something that a lot of people have been involved in for about the past year, right? Due to the COVID pandemic, Due to being elderly or having a pre-existing condition or living with a family member who has a pre-existing condition. Or maybe even due to contracting the virus themselves or fearing being in the same room with someone who's contracted the virus for the past year. A lot of people have been in isolation. A lot of people have been quarantining. A lot of people have been intentionally segregating themselves from other people. That is the reality that we've been faced with in our society for about the past year. And that reality really shouldn't surprise us. It really shouldn't shock us. In fact, this pattern that we are currently seeing in our society is something that actually was going on way before the pandemic. It was already going on way before COVID. Various, various studies that have been conducted over the past few years have shown that for about the past 40 years, Americans have been becoming less and less social and more and more isolated. They've been becoming more private and more willing to segregate themselves from other people. This can be seen in how more and more parents are choosing to educate their children. Today in 2021, more and more parents are choosing to homeschool their children instead of send them to public and private school. Have you noticed that over the past few years? Fewer and fewer people are also choosing to not be as social with their, with their neighbors. You know, back in the 1970s and the 1980s, only 20% of people in this country said that they did not interact with their neighbors, but today that number has increased to over a third. Over a third of people in this country today admit to having absolutely no interaction with their neighbors. In fact, some people are even willing to create barriers so they don't have to interact with their neighbors. Have you noticed that in your neighborhood? Have you noticed how over the past few years, gone all the days where you had the gated fences, where you could see your neighbors and talk with your neighbors? And now you see more of the big wooden privacy fences, or in some cases, some people have built the big concrete walls in their yards so they can just totally block their neighbor's view. People are not as willing to be social with their neighbors anymore. And then think about how things like social media and Netflix 
and Disney Plus and Amazon Prime and DirecTV have changed our society. Think about how no longer do people like talking face to face or even on the phone. Instead, they would rather text or send a quick message to you on social media. Think about how people no longer like going out for entertainment. Instead, they rather watch Netflix or Amazon Prime or Disney Plus in the privacy and comfort of their own home. People are choosing to isolate themselves more and more over the past few years. And maybe that is why more and more people have admitted to experiencing loneliness. You know, it is interesting that while people are becoming more and more isolated in our society, at the same time, studies have also shown that people are also becoming more and more lonely. In fact, one study I read recently found that one out of every four Americans, about 25% of Americans admit to having absolutely no one to confide in. They admit to having absolutely no one they can trust. They admit to having absolutely no one that they can talk to about personal matters. My dear friends, that's the kind of society we were already living in way before COVID. Way before COVID hit, we were already living in increasingly private, more private and isolated society. The question is, as Christians, as disciples, as members or citizens in the kingdom of God, how are we going to respond to that? Well, what are we going to do about that? What are we going to do as isolation and privacy become more of the norm in our society? I mean, are we just going to follow the current trend of, of our society? Are we just going to follow in the footsteps of people in our culture? Are we going to allow the fear of COVID to allow us to continue to drift further and further apart? Are we going to accept the idea of becoming spiritual hermits? Or are we going to strive to be everything that God has called us to be in the Bible? Are we going to strive to do everything that God has called us to do in passages or sections of scripture like what you find in Galatians chapter 6? Galatians 6 and verse 1. Remember, we had our first study this morning from Galatians 6 and verse 1. There Paul said, brethren, if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Look at verse 2. Verse 2, bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But each one must examine his own work. And then he will have a reason for boasting in regard to himself alone and not in regard to another for each one. Each one will bear his own load. Notice the responsibilities God has given us as his people. Do you see these responsibilities? Notice how in addition to having the responsibility to restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, when we notice a brother or sister Caught up in their trespasses, God has also given us the responsibility to bear. We also have the responsibility 
to bear one another's burdens. That's what Paul says in verse number two of that unit. And let me just ask you something. Do you think we can do that at the highest level being isolated from one another? Do you think we can do that at the highest level by being private and refusing to be social, by being spiritual hermits, by just keeping to ourselves and, and refusing to be close? Do you think we can do what Paul says there, having that kind of mindset and attitude? Of course not. Of course not. Of course. We got to be social. If we're going to be able to do what that verse says. Of course, we got to be close and heavily involved in each other's lives if we're going to bear each other's burdens. In fact, I want to begin this morning by suggesting to you that that is exactly what bearing each other's burdens is all about. You see, we need to understand what this language means that the Apostle Paul is using in this verse. When Paul says in Galatians 6 and verse 2 that we must bear one another's burdens as Christians, what he means is we need to, to shoulder one another's burdens. We need to help lift one another's burdens. We need to strive to ease the loads that, that may be weighing us down in life. That's what it means to bear each other's burdens. And so let me just ask you this morning. Let me ask you a simple question. Do you have that? You have that? I mean, right now in your life, do you have burdens? Do you have loads? Do you have something that is really weighing you down and that, and that you're carrying around with you in your life and it's just making your life miserable? It could be the grief that comes with losing a, a loved one. It could be the emotional turmoil that comes with losing a spouse or a child or a parent or a close friend. Maybe that's the load that you're currently carrying with you in your life. Or maybe your load has to do with anxiety. Maybe your load has to do with dealing with depression, maybe depression that has come upon you because something traumatic happened to you. Maybe that's your load or or maybe your load has to do with financial hardship. Maybe your load has to do with losing a job recently and, and you're struggling out how you're going to feed your family. You're struggling to figure out how you're going to feed your spouse and your kids. Maybe that's your load or maybe your load has to do with being a caregiver. Maybe your load has to do with dealing with the stress that comes with waiting hand and foot on an elderly and, and sick parent. There are many other examples we could list this morning, but here's the point. The point is, brothers and sisters, life is full of them, right? Life is full of loads. Life is full of burdens. Life is full of things that can easily stress us out and beat us down and weigh us down and absorb the majority of our mental and physical energy. That's just the reality that comes with living in this life. And God certainly understands that. God certainly 
gets that. He knows that. He understands that. In fact, that is exactly why he gives us passages like Galatians 6 and verse 2 in the Bible. That is exactly why he tells us to bear one another's burdens. You see, with this language, bear one another's burdens, we need to understand that God is trying to emphasize to us that being a Christian, being a disciple, it involves being part of a family. It involves being part of a community. It involves being part of a spiritual community. You see, being part of a spiritual community, that involves knowing each other. We got to know each other. We got to understand each other. We got to seek to build genuine and sincere relationships with each other outside of this meeting place. You see, the only way I'm going to be able to help bear your burdens is I got to first know you. I got to know you. I got to seek to understand you. I got to seek to know what's going on in your life and, and what you're all about. I got to know what your burdens are. And, and you got to know the same kind of stuff about me. That's the only way we're going to be able to do what Paul is saying here. If we're going to be able to do what Paul's talking about here, we got to know each other on a personal level. If we don't know each other on a personal level, we are not, I repeat, not going to be able to bear each other's burdens. And so I want you to go in your Bible to Acts chapter 2, please. Look at Acts chapter 2. Acts 2 verse 46. I like Acts 2 and verse 46 because it gives us a great, a great snapshot, I believe, of what the early Christians were all about. In Acts 2 and verse number 46, after telling us about those 3,000 who were baptized for the remission of their sins, or the Chad did some teaching this morning from Acts chapter 2, and when you look at verse number 46, it says that when it came to the early church, the early Christians, day by day, every day, not just Sunday, day by day continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. Notice how every single day, Luke, the writer of Acts, tells us that the early Christians were of one mind in the temple and they were breaking bread from house to house. The idea there is the early Christians spent time together worshiping the Lord. They worshiped God at the temple and they also had common meals together. That's what the breaking of bread is referring to in that passage. It's referring to how the early Christians, beyond just worshiping together, they spent time in each other's homes. They spent time getting to know each other on a very personal level. That is how they were able to be equipped to bear one another's burdens. Bearing one another's burdens involves us knowing each other, knowing each other on a personal level. But not only do we have to know each other, a second thing we got to do is we got to trust each other. We got to trust each other. I mean, I hope we can all agree that part of being or part of being in any family requires trust, right? You got to have trust. You got to be willing to be open with each other. You got to be willing to confide in each other and not be ashamed to seek each other's help. I got a fear I want to tell you about this morning. I fear and I hope I'm wrong about this. But I fear that far too many of God's people don't trust each other. I fear far too many of God's people don't have a lot of confidence in each other. Instead of trusting each other and having confidence in each other, most Christians are just suspicious of each other. 
They're just quick to assume the worst in each other. They're, they're just quick to just view each other as people they see at church instead of seeing each other as family, as brothers and sisters in Christ that they can go to to help bear their burdens. I fear that that mentality or that spirit exists in far too many people in the Lord's church, and that's certainly not the will of God. That's certainly not the will of Jesus for his church. You see, for me to be able to know what your burdens are, you first got to trust me enough to share them with me. I can't read your mind. You got to tell me what your burdens are. And I got to tell you what, what my burdens are. We can't bear each other's burdens if we don't first trust one another enough to share them. Bearing each other's burdens requires knowing each other. And trusting each other. And then once we do those things, the third thing we can then do, do is we can truly care about each other. We got to really care about each other. Look at Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, please. In Acts 4, we find the early Christians going through some tough times. Many of them, due to persecution, had lost their jobs. And they were facing financial hardships. Some had, some had lost their homes. They had just gone through, they were going through some terrible things because of their decision to leave Judaism in order to become Christians. But look at what the Bible says in Acts chapter 4 and verse number 32. It says the congregation of those who believed were of one heart and soul. Do you see the idea of trust there? Knowing each other, trusting each other, a real family. One heart, one soul. Not one of them claimed that anything belonging to him was his own, where all things were common property to them. And with great power, the apostles were given testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and abundant grace was upon them all, for there was not a needy person among them. For all who were owners of land or, of land or houses would sell them and bring the proceeds of the sales and lay them at the apostles' feet, and they would be distributed to each as any had need. Verse 36, now Joseph, a Levite of Cyprian birth, who was also called Barnabas by the apostles, which translated means son of encouragement, and who owned a tract of land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Notice how here we find a practical example of the early Christians bearing one another's burdens. Do you see that? Notice how when some financial hardships came upon some of these early Christians, there were other Christians, well-off Christians, like Barnabas, who were willing to sell their property and possessions and give the proceeds of those sales to the apostles, and the apostles would distribute that, that, that money among the needy brethren. People like Barnabas were willing to sacrifice to help shoulder the loads of other Christians. Barnabas was the kind of man who was willing to do whatever it took to help his brethren who were in need. The early Christians, they helped each other get through rough spots. They did exactly what Paul is talking about in Galatians 6 and verse 2, and that's exactly how, how we got to be today. Today as Christians, we got to be willing to bear each other's burdens. That means that we got to be willing to shoulder one another's burdens in life. But as we do that, Paul also says in Galatians chapter 6, we got to make sure we overcome a dangerous barrier. 
There's a dangerous barrier we have to overcome if we're really going to be able to do what Paul talks about in that verse. And so go back to Galatians again. Look at Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 2. In Galatians 6 and verse 2, Paul says, Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. This is the will of Christ that we bear each other's burdens. Look at verse 3. For, for, if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. He lies to himself. Notice how Paul says that when it comes to fulfilling this responsibility to bear one another's burdens, there is a dangerous barrier that sometimes gets in our way. What is the barrier? Well, according to what the apostle says in that verse, the barrier that gets in our way so often when it comes to doing what Galatians 6 and verse 2 says is the barrier of pride. It is the barrier of selfishness, it is the barrier of thinking that we're better than other people or we're just too good to invest time in helping needy brothers and sisters in Christ. Our time is just too precious to sit down and listen to a brother confine in us about a temptation that he's having a tough time overcoming. Our faith is just too strong to have to listen to a Christian talk with us about how they have to battle with depression and anxiety. Our house is just too nice and too expensive to invite a poor disciple into it for a meal. We work too hard for our money to have to share it with Christians who need some help because they lost their job. We're above shedding tears with a grieving disciple or cutting a widow's grass or helping clean a, a sick person's home. My dear friends, if we've, ever, if we've ever found ourselves thinking those kinds of things at any moment in our lives, then you know what we need to do? We really need to pay close attention to what Paul is saying in Galatians 6 and verse 3. We really need to understand who Paul is talking about there in that verse. There in that verse, Paul is talking about the person who is arrogant. He's talking about the person who esteems himself more highly than he ought. He's talking about the person who deceives himself into thinking that he is superior or better than other people in the spiritual family. That's who Paul is talking about in that verse, and why does this person feel this way? Why is this person arrogant? Why does this person think he or she is better than other people in the spiritual family? Well, there are many reasons why this person could feel that way. Maybe this person feels that this way because he or she is wealthy. Maybe because they have a lot of money. Maybe their material wealth has led them to having a, a puffed up attitude. Maybe they feel that way because they have a lot of education. Maybe they feel this way because they have a lot of degrees and a lot of credentials on their wall. Maybe they feel this way because of their race. Maybe they feel this way because of the color of their skin. Maybe they think the color of their skin makes them better than other people. Maybe they feel this way because of spiritual maturity. 
Maybe they feel this way because they've been a Christian for 20 or 30 or 40 years. and They got a lot of Bible knowledge. They can quote a lot of scripture. And because they can do that, that means they're better than than other people in the spiritual family. There are many different reasons why a Christian might develop this kind of attitude. But regardless of the reasons, the point remains the same. The truth remains the same. This person who thinks this way, they're wrong. They're just absolutely wrong. They're lying to themselves. They're deceiving themselves. That's true because Paul says it here in Galatians 6, but he also says it in other places in the book. I'm also reminded of Galatians chapter 3. Will you, will you look at Galatians chapter 3, please? In Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 25, Galatians 3 and verse 25, Paul says this, but now that faith has come, when Paul says faith has come, He's talking about the system of being justified by faith in Jesus Christ. That system of justification has come. It was in force in the time of the apostle. But now that faith has come, we're no longer under the tutor. The tutor there is a reference to the Old Testament law of Moses. Remember, the great theme of Galatians is how Christians are not justified by keeping the old law of Moses. Instead, they are justified by having faith in Jesus Christ. Paul says that now, but now that faith has come, we're no longer under a tutor. Verse 26, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized in the Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, neither Jew nor Gentile. There is neither slave nor free man. There's neither male nor female for you are all one. You are all one in Christ Jesus. Notice how when it comes to the family of God, when it comes to the spiritual family of Jesus Christ, no one is more superior than anybody else. No one is better than anyone else. It doesn't matter how much money we might have. It doesn't matter how much education we might have. It doesn't matter what our status might be in our community. It doesn't matter what our background might be. It doesn't matter how much baggage we bring with us when we enter into the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter about the color of our skin or if we're male or female. It doesn't even matter if we are an elder or a deacon or a preacher or a very knowledgeable and skilled Bible class teacher. Because we're all sinners. Because we're all wicked people who needed to be saved by the grace and precious blood of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God. We're all equal. We're all one. We're all loved by God the same. No one is better than anybody else in the Lord's family. That's what Paul says there. And that section of scripture, and we'll be wise to always remember that. We'll be wise to always keep that in the forefront of our minds, because when we always remember what Paul says there in Galatians 3, it's going to help us overcome the dangerous barrier of pride. Paul says we got to bear one another's burdens, but for us to do that. We got to make sure we overcome pride, but not only must we overcome pride, Another thing we also got to do if we're going to do this is we got to measure ourselves by the right standard. The right standard. Go back to Galatians chapter six again. Look at verse number four, please. Galatians six and verse four. Paul, after Paul says, if anyone thinks he's something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. In verse four, he says, but each one 
must examine his own work and then he will have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone and not in regard to another. Notice how Paul says there that when it comes to the things we do in the kingdom of God, when it comes to the service we offer God's people, we got to measure ourselves not by the wrong standard, but instead we got to measure ourselves by the right standard. What is the right standard? Well, obviously the right standard is the standard of God. It's the standard of the gospel. It is the standard of understanding that greatest in the kingdom of God is not achieved by thinking we're better than one another. It's not achieved by being in competition with each other. It's not achieved by comparing ourselves to each other, but instead it is achieved by being like Jesus and serving one another. By helping one another, by doing things like bearing one another's burdens. In verse number four, Paul says that we need to avoid comparing ourselves to one another. And then in verse number five, notice how he also says that we got to make sure we bear our own load. Did you notice that? In Galatians chapter six and verse five, Paul says that we got to bear our own load. I want to suggest that what Paul says in that verse is especially interesting to me when, when you contrast or even compare it to what he says in verse number two. Remember in verse number two, Paul says that as Christians, we have a responsibility to bear one another's burdens. I have a responsibility to help bear your burdens. And you have a responsibility to help me bear my burdens. But then in verse number five, he turns around and he says that we got to bear our own load. Which one is it? What do you want me to do, Paul? Which verse am I supposed to obey? What does God want me to do? I mean, does he want me to allow you to help me bear my burdens or does he want me to bear my own load? Which one is it? You ready for the answer? The answer is both. God wants me to do both. God wants me to understand that there are times when I need to help you bear your burdens, whether it's praying for you, studying with you, encouraging you, comforting you. There are times when I need to help you bear your burdens. And there are also times when you need to do the same for me. There are also times when I need you to help me bear my burdens, but even if you don't help me bear my burdens, even if you choose not to do what the Bible says there in Galatians 6 and verse 2, even if you leave me out to dry and you forsake me and you refuse to show me any kind of sympathy and compassion, I still got to do what's right. I still got to do my part in the kingdom of God. I still got to fulfill my responsibilities to God, to God and to every other person in the spiritual family. It doesn't matter what you may or may not do for me. That's what Paul is saying there in that verse. And I believe that's a powerful point, don't you? That's a powerful point that hits us right between the eyes because you and I both know that so often as Christians, we like to come up with excuses sometimes, don't we? 
So often we like to be selfish and, and self-absorbed. So often we like to say things like, well, you know, I would I would come to church more. I would come to worship God more. But but people don't treat me right when I show up. People don't shake my hand and give me attention. Or I would be more hospitable, but nobody's invited me into their home first. No one's made a meal for me first. No one has opened their home up to me first. Or I would be more zealous and have a better attitude when it comes to kingdom work. But but nobody encourages me. Nobody appreciates me. Nobody compliments me. Nobody gives me a pat on my back and, and tells me I did a good job. So often we come up with all kind of excuses. For why we don't do the things the Lord wants us to do with the right attitude. But according to what Paul says there. That kind of attitude, it's not going to cut it. It's not going to fly. It's not going to fly with God at all. No excuse we come up with. It's going to fly with God. I mean, yes, it would be nice if people always paid attention to us. And yes, it would be nice if people always treated us right. And yes, it would be nice if people were always... There for us when we needed them, if they always complimented us and gave us a nice little pat on the back. But even if they don't do those things. We got to always remember that God's going to still hold us accountable. God's still going to judge us for how we live our lives. God's still going to judge us separate and apart from the actions of other people. You see, regardless of what you may do or not do for me. I still got to bear my own load. I still got to do my part. I still have to understand that God has expectations of me and he will never tolerate me being lazy. Or coming up with all kinds of excuses or even blaming other people. For not doing something for me when I should be focused first on and foremost on glorifying him and serving him and my brethren to the best of my ability. No matter what somebody else does or doesn't do, Sean Jeffries got to do his part. I got to bear my own load. That's what Paul is telling us there in those verses. And so I just want to close this morning by asking you, I want to ask you a simple question. Where are you at this morning? Do you have a burden right now in your life? Do you have a load that you need some help shouldering? Do you have something really weighing you down? Do you have something that we can help you with? Do you need us to pray with you? Do you need us to pray for you? Do you need us to encourage you, study the Bible with you? Do you need us to help you come to the Lord for the first time? If that's what you need this morning, if you need someone to help you bear your burden, if you need someone to comfort you, pray with you, weep with you, Study the word of God with you. Whatever you need as far as helping bear your burden, we'll be more than happy to do that. That's what we're all about here at Monta Vista. We love all people. We love you. And if there's something we can do this morning to help you, especially help you in your relationship with God, don't hesitate. Come to the front right now. Let's stand. Let's sing together. Sinners, Jesus will receive.